What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Backstop Banter, our little uh, our little slice of the baseball world over here, Michael. It's a little disappointing, you know, uh, what's all going on right now. As you guys know, uh, we're locked out, and you know, since MLB changed their whole like Facebook, their whole pages and everything, where you can't find anything. I just got rid of my stuff too. I'm just going to go with it. Like they they did it to myself. They got rid of all my Reds and everything. So. With it being Christmas time, I got to move my head. I've got a tree up here. I've got some decorations going okay, on. Kentucky basketball and football still going on. So I've, I've got my drink going with a little Kentucky sports too. So it's a great time to be a Kentucky fan when it comes to basketball, even though everyone's under the weather. They said, speaking of weather myself, recovering addict from COVID right now. So I'm going to lose my breath. I'm not sure, I'm not sure yes. that that's, a, that's what uh, you want to go with there, Michael. No, no, no. Okay. Um, rebounding from the COVID. So if I get short-winded or speak a little faster, it's because I'm trying to get my breath in. So just bear with me. But Connie, how's it been going for you, man? Oh, you know, Michael. We're living the dream. My last day of classes is Monday. Before I, Congratulations. Uh, start, up my, before I start my winter class, of course, though. Uh, because, oh, okay. You know, God forbid my college actually scheduled me properly, so I'm not technically behind. But, you know, listen, different problem, different day, I guess. Understand. And, uh, yeah, you know, work today. Well, we're, we're surviving. We're surviving, Michael. Gotcha. We are surviving. But, you know, we haven't talked since Thanksgiving, though. Like, how, how, how was Thanksgiving? I mean, you probably couldn't taste anything, but. You know, honestly, Thanksgiving I could. It was two days after uh... Thanksgiving that I couldn't. And I did find a thing on the TikTok where you can, like, you put pressure right here and someone flips the back of your head and then you put pressure on your tongue and they flip the back of your head and my taste came back. My wife's it did for a, for like a minute and then it went away and my taste kind of stayed. So I've not had too much of the problem on the taste. Now, when it wasn't there, it was the craziest thing eating cold food. Like I felt like I was just basically eating liver. Like, I mean, it was just nasty. And so I'm so thankful that I got my taste now, back. I could, Thanksgiving. Uh, if I could get every part like I just, I just need the no taste part of COVID. I don't I don't need anything else because you know yeah. Listen, let me tell you, if I get no taste part of COVID, I'm going on the strictest diet ever: Brussels sprouts, green beans only. You think that? Because I said the same thing. It's like if I had to lose my taste, I'll eat healthy, but it tastes so nasty. Like I felt like I was almost eating raw meat. It was just so weird when it was cold. Anything cold just tasted like it was just. Well, don't eat it cold the then. Warm it up. I mean, it still was a weird feeling. So I'm very thankful that I got my taste back very quick. All right. You know what, Michael? I say we do this. How about this? I don't I'm going like to try to keep the app up so we can see comments. Oh, no, I got that. Don't you worry. Don't you worry okay. about nothing. Don't you worry about okay. nothing. I was going to say, before we get depressed, Michael, and talk about okay. the lockout and everything that goes into it, how about Good. do some free agency? That sounds good. Let's go with some free agencies. Because, um, <coughs> oh, sorry, I got my headset on. We haven't talked about the. How LMU. was your Thanksgiving first? Oh, you know, it was all right. At home, just me and the parents. My uh, my nan was upstate, all up there in Albany with my cousin. So uh, okay. My other brother lives up there as well. So they were together. My middle brother, they went to his fiance's side. So we were chilling, you know, okay. classic a little turkey, which, by the way, terribly overrated. Um, what? What's that face for? Oh, no, I agree with you. Like oh, Thanksgiving. I, I mean, it's, I'm an obese it's, it's guy. I know this. 
Well, yeah, so why? Don't get me wrong. It's the worst part. Thanksgiving, of Thanksgiving is like the worst food. I hate yes. Thanksgiving food. Like, give me the ham, the rolls, the macaroni and cheese, and banana pudding, and you can have everything else. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on the. Uh... Oh, look at this. Oh, 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 I'm trying to see. I'm trying to find the proper free agency list. You know, the one that actually like is well thought out, and I think I finally found one. Okay, I was going to say, you may not find it on MLB.com right now. No, nobody will find anything on MLB.com right now. Uh, but with that being said, Michael, right, let's get jump into the free agency. And let's uh, go. how about we go with Corey Seager, you know? One mm-hmm. of the uh, top free agents of this offseason. He has signed with the Rangers, you know, a team that has been very, <laughs> very active uh, in this free agency. And, you know, here's the weird thing, Michael, and I don't know if you kind of caught on to it as well. You know, we're so used to certain teams spending a lot of money in free agency. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been those teams. <laughs> like the yeah. Yankees haven't done anything. The Dodgers didn't do anything. The Red Sox haven't done anything. It's teams like the Seattle Mariners and the Mets mm-hmm. and the Rangers and, you know, teams of, of that nature. And I think the big thing about it is, they have to. Like you're in a yeah. situation where you have to because your team is not good. Mm-hmm. Now, like the Rangers definitely surprised me. They'll make a move because yeah, I had I didn't. That was something one of the bottoms thinking. last year. But you know, one thing we did look at. Sorry, catching my breath. As uh, <clears throat> their attendance, even though compared to their record, yeah. their attendance yeah. last year was very well. So. Seeing that they're making these moves, I think it's very important for them that you actually see that they're trying to make an effort. And also, I think it's because some of these teams have to make the effort now because of the lockout coming out. Like, hey, we got to get these guys signed quickly. That way we already got our ball rolling and we don't even have to worry about how long this lockout may be. Because, <coughs> excuse me, we don't know how long it's going to be. And I just think even the Mariners making a big jump there. The the Mets, I'm going to throw in this same category too, even though – I feel oh, like they're yeah. a high-caliber team. But getting their two aces that we have now, it just it shows that, hey, we're wanting to stay ahead of this, this wrecking ship that's coming, and so we have this to build on. So kudos to them. I love it, actually, uh, just to see that there's more of a variance of teams that are wanting to try. And then here you are, me with a Reds fan, that hasn't done a thing. Like one notification I got today, it said, the Reds have signed – Five minor league contracts. Woohoo! That's what we did before the yeah. lockout. Well, I mean, listen, going into it, if you told me the Yankees didn't do anything by this point, I would have been shocked too. But I mean, the most the Yankees have done is sign Joely Rodriguez, of you know, some left-handed pitcher uh, that they that they got in a trade last year, and then uh, they mm-hmm. tendered Gary Sanchez. <laughs> but other than that, they haven't done anything. Obviously, there's some shortstops still out there on the market. And they're going to be on the market for quite a while. But, you know, back to the uh, to the Rangers. I almost said Texans because I'm watching this football game right now. Uh, right. But with that being said, you know, they've spent more can you money. you share your page? I, you know what? I can. I can share my page. Baseball is so fraud right now, Perry says in the uh, color cast comments. Yes, people. Uh, we got the I – mean, listen, we're, we're, we're multifaceted over here, okay? So we got the Twitch going, the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And then, if you know, throw on over to ColorCast as well. Download it. You go over. You go to the Talk tab. You go to the bottom. You find Open Talk, and you see us. 
It's just the it's just the audio, the no visual. So listen, if you think that we're ugly, which we're not, Michael, we're both handsome men. Uh, That's right. And you don't want to look at us, go over to the Colorcast. Feel free, people. Big things coming over there. But Michael, for you and the people that consume our show through the visuals, I will put this up on the screen if it'll uh there we go. Zoom in a little bit. Aha. These are free agents that have signed at the moment. Okay. And as you can see, the te- when what the point I was getting to, uh, the Rangers, I believe this off this off season already, have spent like five hundred sixty mm-hmm. million, or something around five hundred. It's over five hundred. I, I remember seeing it was over five hundred. And Michael, are you aware that that's more money than they've spent on their payroll in the last three years? Yes. Yes, it almost reminds me of uh, the stat I seen with uh, was it oh, shoot who Tampa Bay signed their their rookie Wander Wander yes they signed him more his contract equaled up to the last three years of their whole salary as well I think it was of that two hundred and so many million like last year's salary I want to say it was fifty million so that that one player has been worth more than their three years of players, which is crazy. These two small market teams that are making this mil- making these paydays. And it breaks my heart that uh, Simeon is not going to be a Blue Jay next year. But you know what? We'll see, see what the Texans – I've about said Texans myself now that you said that. See what the Rangers are going to be doing next year. I mean, they're making noise. They're setting themselves up. they got a great uh, middle infield right now. They have the best middle infield in baseball now. Uh yeah, and I mean, just you you already got to it, but Seager, 10 years, $325 million, that's 32 and a half a year. Mm-hmm. Still makes me cry, you know, a, a tad bit, just a tad bit. Um, and then Marcus Simeon, seven years, $175 million, overall $25 million a year. And I think that's the one that shocked me a little bit, and not mm-hmm. because of the money or anything like that. I cannot believe he got seven years. Oh, really? I I believe I want to say he's a little bit older. I'm, he's thirty one. It shows right on your screen there. Thirty one point two. Yeah. You know what? Look, where, where's oh wow? It does say that. Anyway, because you know in baseball, especially like baseball, is so crazy. Phillies have also done nothing as well. You know what, Ben? Welcome, welcome to the uh, welcome to that side of free agency. We got the Rangers. And Phillies, I think are a team that need to make noise. Like, you know, they were good. Brass just won the MVP. Sadly, I, they're in the shortstop wanna... market. So yeah. Uh, hold on, Ben, just hold on. Like, I think you guys are in a good situation, even though the lockout started, I think you all still can still make some noise. What's going on still. Wow. said still like 14 times there. <laughs> but like I said, Simeon getting seven years, right? Mm-hmm. He's 31 and what? Point thirty one point two or whatever. So I yes. assume that means he'll still be thirty one at the start of the season, since it's not Hopefully. over a half. Uh, Hopefully, is a mess right now. Yes, it is. Uh, but the prime in baseball is usually your age is like 30, 34 season, like thirty to thirty three, thirty four. Mm-hmm. So that means you're getting three. No, what is that? Yeah, three prime seasons out of him at best out of a, out of a seven year contract, and that's that's the weirdest thing about baseball too. And mm-hmm. there's a great quote. Uh, I, w- I was listening, Michael. What was I listening to? I'm sure it's the Michael K. Show. 
It was the Michael K show. You're right. And he said he had a quote from one of the agents and he, or a former GM said, listen, if you want to, you know, stick to your guns and, you know, your payroll and this, that, and third, you're always going to finish second and third. You have to, you have to be stupid sometimes. And that's what MLB teams do. I mean, mm-hmm. 10 year contracts never work. They do. They, they, I mean, they just don't like when's the last time it actually has worked. Uh, Simeon, his seven years, that deal isn't going to end up working. It's it's so weird that like they have to give them those years, and in the back of their head, they know that they're not going to be good. Oh yeah, like they know it's going to happen because yeah, listen, like Simeon's deal. I mean, you're even looking deal, at he's 38. Well, that's even you're with not, Corey there. He, he's not going to be good in 10 years. He's going to be 28 or 38, pretty much. So, I mean, you know by the end of that contract, he is not going to be the best. At 38, I'm 35 and I'm struggling right now, okay? Well, Michael, you know, some of us are professional athletes. Some of us aren't. Well, well, let's just say this. At the end of these two years, two uh, players contract or contracts, seven years. Right. Well, you don't think they'll even be able to. I mean, I agree. I I was going to say, who who do you think will have a better career, Simeon or Seager? Well, see, here's the thing, too. A lot of people around baseball hate the Seager deal just because mm-hmm. they don't think he's a shortstop. Because he's not a very good – he's a bad fielder. Right. And, I mean, I know we have some gi- uh, Giants, Dodgers fans out here. Uh, but Seager's not the best fielder. Like, that's a thing across baseball that a lot of people think. So, I, I mean, I've heard – now, granted, this is a 10-year deal. Remember this. Right. That three years into the contract, they're going to move him from shortstop. So I, I mean, it's it's crazy. But listen, if you become a free agent at the right time, you're going to make your money. I mean, and and this was the time to become a free agent. <laughs> My goodness. And then I mean, you know you just you look. I mean, what what'd you got, Michael? I'm just looking at the money. I mean, three hundred twenty-five million dollars for no, a guy. Something. For a guy that, like you said, in three years, probably not even going to be playing the position that they're signing him for. He'll be a DH probably in five years. Or, or a lot of people think they're going to put him at third. I mean, third for probably some, but I bet you he'll end up being a DH. Because, I mean, you even said to yourself, he's, he struggles to field. So, I mean, you're paying a man $300 million to DH. That blows my mind, but that's just the market, so that's fine. I am not saying no one deserves any dollar or anything like that. It just it's amazing to think of this much money just being signed to a checkout. Ten years, three hundred million. Casually too. Uh Javier Baez goes from the Mets to the Detroit Tigers, six years, 140 million. That's twenty three point three annually. Um yeah, I mean the Tigers were in, in the uh shortstop market and mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things, too, that you got to pay attention to is this takes certain teams out of the running for other players. So, obviously, we've named three players already, and everybody's going to notice that Carlos Correa and Trevor Story are still not signed. Now, it's pretty well known out there that Correa is the best available player from this free agency market. Um, And that's teams off the market for him. So, in a way, I mean – 
it doesn't really affect him because he's going to get his money no matter what. He's too good to not get his money. It's not like he's a mid-level player or anything like that. He's the best shortstop in baseball, so he's getting paid. But it just depends on where he's going to go now because, you know, the Tigers needed a shortstop. They have Javier Baez now. They're not going to sign him. The Rangers just spent $500 million on two players to fix up their infield. They're not signing him. You know, the Dodgers are always in on somebody. You know, it seems like every year they don't need a shortstop. So it kind of leaves, you know, a few teams. I, I guess the Yankees and the Cubs are in on him. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter now because they can't, <laughs> nobody can be signed. But are the Phillies looking for a shortstop too? Yes, they apparently. That's what I have heard. Okay, that's why I, I was trying to think. I was going through my papers trying to find some of my notes. That but I the hard down. part about the Phillies too is they're they have Didi Gregorius on their team right now. He's just mm-hmm. been awful. So they're looking for a shortstop. But he's being – I mean, he's owed $14 million. Right. So what are you going to do? You're going to pay him $14 million and not play him. So that means you're going to have to trade him. But he's been terrible the last couple of years. So if you trade him, you're going to have to eat the money because no way a team is going to look, be there and say, yeah, right. don't worry, we'll take your awful player and his awful contract. And really the only person left past that is Freddy Galvez and Jose uh, Iglesias as well. So, I mean, from – Carlos, it's a big drop, I think, as far as who's left now. Well, that, still story. Oh, story, story, story's not not signed yet either. Too. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, I mean, you've, you're down to two main guys as far as your shortstop, and you know Yankees are going to be on one of those. Are you hearing no. either one of them? I, I mean, I've heard Correa more than Story. Uh, you know, just listening to like New York, you know, radio and stuff, and all the rumor mills and everything like that. But that's the other thing, too, is – and I get into arguments all the time on Instagram, Twitter with Yankee fans because it annoys me. I'm also not surprised if they don't sign a big-time shortstop. Listen, I understand Brian Cashman came out and he said, we're signing a shortstop. We have to improve that position. But the top two Yankee prospects overall mm-hmm. are shortstops. Anthony Volpe and uh, – there's somebody else I can't remember his name, but Volpe just won the minor league player of the year. That you know they think that he's supposed to be the next great player. So do you? What are you going to do? Are you going to land lock him? Right. You sign Correa to a ten year contract. What do you do with him? You know, do you do you all of a sudden say, hey Volpe, go get the third baseman mitt? Or you know, it depends because a lot of people think that Volpe and the other oh, I got to look up his name because it's going to annoy the absolute hell out of me. Uh, are going to be ready not next year but the year after. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of in the weird transition part of like, damn, we might not have a shortstop of this caliber available right. ever again, but we have a shortstop that we think is going to be fantastic. Here's a little bit of a note just saying that some of the people that Accor, Accor has heard from is uh, the Red Sox, Yankees, and, of course, the Dodgers, and they say that their desired match is $341 million. And that's yeah, matching so, Francisco Lindor. So I, I've, I forgot about Boston even being on there. Yeah, but why would Boston die? They have Xander Bogarts. Uh, you got me, but. Somebody in a second. I mean, I would assume that they would move. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bogarts and let Correa play short. I mean, Correa is an unbelievable feeling. I mean, he won a gold glove this year. But yeah, like even right here, top 10 Yankee prospects. Is Anthony Volpe? He's a shortstop, and Oswald Peraza, number two, is a shortstop. So, like I said, their top two prospects are shortstop. So, 
I don't know. I don't know. It, it'll it'll be interesting, but Correa's going to get his money. He's not worried. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And then I think <laughs> we get into some big pitching names here. And we started off with Max Scherzer, and he uh, he, he kind of broke the market, to say the least. Michael, I said it on the show before Thanksgiving that the pitching market is unfreaking believable because everybody needs pitchers, and you know they're they're gonna go after them no matter what. We saw it, oh, and yeah. Max Scherzer gets three years, one hundred thirty million, forty three point three million dollars a year. And he blew out Garrett Cole's average annual salary by, I believe, like $7 million. And, and that's the this – is, this is what fans thought was going to happen and what owners were scared of happening when uh, – real, I just forgot his name now. The owner of the team. Manfred? Oh, no. No, the owner of the Mets. Uh, Cohen. Yes. When Steve Cohen, when Steve Cohen bought the team. Owners were scared he was going to spend money like it was absolutely nothing. Well, because to him, money is nothing. It he is. has $14 billion in his ashtray right now. <laughs> and uh, fans wanted him to spend it. And, well, he brought out the checkbook. Yeah. He honestly brought out the checkbook. Got Logan in the comments here. Saying honestly, I just hope the Yankees don't tie up all their money in a shortstop from in that shortstop from Houston. Listen, I I'm not a I don't like Correa, especially you know he said some things about you know Judge. He said some things about is he the the, the God himself, Derek Jeter? I was going to say he's the one that said something about Jeter, right? Yeah. yeah, he can't go to the Yankees then. Oh no, he can. No, no, you can't. You can't have so the him guy is good, but not three hundred million good. Let me give you a hint here, Logan. He's I don't think anyone is three hundred million good. But here's the thing: he's three hundred million dollar good because Corey Seager got three hundred twenty-five. I mean, Correa is very, very, very easily better than Seager. Yes, I would agree with that. But is anyone really three hundred million good? Listen, Michael. Nobody should be making this money to play baseball or making $40 million to play basketball either. But, hey, we're here. But so they are. So, though, yeah, kudos to them. But that's that's the craziest part is that Scherzer – and it was very smart. It was very smart because, you know, you, you know the thing, oh, Max doesn't want to play on, play on the East Coast. He wants to stay on the West Coast. That's always been a thing with him, right? And you know that he's one of the heads of, like, the Players Association, right? Mm-hmm. So Steve Cohen goes to him and says, yeah, $43 million. Don't care. And Garrett Cole's I, – I, I think Garrett Cole makes 38. So they skipped over 39, 40, 41, 42, and half of 43, basically. So here's the thing, Michael. He's, the head of, he's one of the heads of the Players Association. He can't say no. Right. Because then you're turning down a contract where you're making more money because nobody was offering him $43 million a year. Nobody. Only the Mets are doing that because, first of all, they have to improve their team, like we said. He's the only person that can do that. And guess what? He's literally not allowed. He, he can't say no. He's a, he's in the Players Association. 
So it was kind of brilliant, honestly. It really was. Uh, I hate, and I might be kind of going away from here, but I hated that Strawman didn't sign back with him. Yeah. I was hoping that he would still be a Met. Like, I think fans are into the Mets. Oh. No, if you're not Strowman in New York. Really? Okay. Maybe it's just his Twitter. Like every it's funny. Like when you when people heard that he signed with the Cubs, like everybody would just send screenshots of like him being of them being blocked by Strowman. He's he's kind of soft. He's soft. Okay. Okay. Well, never mind then. But let me ask you this real quick while we're kind of in that little domain of what we're talking about, where we got the Texas Texas, what all they've done. The Mets, what they've done so far. Who so far had the best offseason or the only offseason that we may have? Like what team, oh, not player, but team that you think, wow, okay, this team has moved themselves into a position or you're just happy with what they've done? I think it's the Mets. Uh, I, it I, is I, the said Mets. That, I said that last offseason too when they got Lindor and they did all their things. But here's the mm-hmm. thing. The Rangers spent you know an unbelievable amount of money, have the best – infield or middle two infielders in baseball now right mm-hmm. they, their pitching is terrible right. michael name if can you name me anybody on their pitching stuff i can't name you two people on the rangers team other than the two that have just signed right now that's how bad they were last year you know they're they're terrible so listen simeon and seager yeah will probably win them some games because i'm sure that they'll get hot at one point you know hit a hit a walk-off home run that maybe somebody on the team last year couldn't they're still going to be bad Right, like they, they even with them, they're probably going to win seventy games. Okay. So it doesn't really matter. But the Mets, they fixed a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that I'm interested in watching to see how they play next year because they started coming on tour after the the All Star break is I'm actually kind of watching the Tigers this year. I I hate to say it out loud, but I just I I'm into them. I liked what they've done, you know, Bios. I hate him because he used to be a Cub, but the energy that he brings, it's going to be nice. This young core that they had last year, they've been in some names of maybe able to pull some of these free agents still. You hear a lot of Detroit talk, so I'm just I'm sitting back with some popcorn watching them right now thinking, could the Tigers be the team that comes out of nowhere next year? I mean, it's, it's possible. They signed Eduardo oh. Rodriguez to kind of kick off free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, they traded for your boy from the from the Reds. Mm-hmm. They, they signed Baez. Uh, I, I feel like they did something else as well, but I honestly cannot remember what it was. Uh, so, listen, it's possible. It, it's definitely definitely possible. I don't know how good they're going to be, but the, I, I would assume with the things that they've done, they would be better than last year. So, all right. And Let's then see if I pull up on them. But like for for the Mets, I mean, you signed Scherzer. You have the probably the greatest one-two in MLB history. I mean, Absolutely, Degrom and Scherzer are first ballot Hall of Famers. I think there's like seven Cy Young awards between the two of them, or six, seven or six. Uh, the All Star appearances, MLB All First Team, whatever you want to say. So if both of them stay healthy, I mean, those are easy wins in their two games, they go out and they sign Starling Marte, who was one of the bigger, you know, free agent names this off season to play center field. Now that's going to help the production out there. And um, come on, there was somebody else that they signed. 
Why can't I find it now? I just saw it. Oh, no. Where did it go? I'm going to have to try and find it. But they've done they've done some other things. Oh, Eduardo Escobar. That's who it was. Yeah. Uh, he can you know, kind of play some of the a lot of the infield positions. So they they improved themselves. And you would hope that Lindor isn't going to play like he did last year mm-hmm. uh, because that was definitely not what they traded for. Uh, you hope Pete Alonso has a solid season. Yep. They're, they should. They they're going to get better play from their catching spot, which has been a problem for God knows how long. Uh, and then, like I said, you have Degrom and Scherzer at the top, which makes it very difficult. Like Michael, who in a playoff series is going to sit there and say, you know, like, give us the Mets? Right. No, why would you want to face Degrom and Scherzer yeah. in a playoffs game ever? No. Uh, yeah. And I, I want to go back to last year when we first talked about this, like everyone was jumping ship with the Mets. And I always said, give them three years. And I think this is moving them right closer to that three-year mark. Like I still am hesitant about next year just because it's all new. Everyone's got to put it together. Look at the Lakers, how they've been this year. You, you've got to you get see, a job baseball, just a little bit. Baseball's so a little bit different. Thing. I yeah, think they could jump is, it this year with the movement Baseball's the made. most individual team sport of all time. Oh yeah. Like you can you can literally do whatever you want and be yourself and, and be be fantastic and does nothing for your team. Oh, absolutely. And you know, DeGrom was hurt probably two thirds of the year off and on. Oh, yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So I mean, if you could have him all for 162 games, whatever games he pitches out of that, I'm not saying obviously he's a pitcher. And and you get those two one A, one B ace, I mean, that's automatically gonna put you in the top of that division, even with the World Series defending champions, uh, the Braves in there, I think. Yeah, they're 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 fun, and then you know just rounding out the free agency stuff. Robbie Ray obviously goes from the Blue Jays to the Seattle Mariners, another team that I didn't expect them to, to, to spend much money. No, but Robbie Ray obviously coming off of a Cy Young winning year, five years, hundred fifteen million, twenty three million a year. Uh, I thought he would get more. I did. I know with $23 million, so, like, whatever. But he just came off of a Cy Young year, so I was expecting the number to be a little bit higher. But, hey, I told you, Michael, it was going to happen. The the rate, the uh, Blue Jays are going to lose some people. Now, they did replace him. Yes. Uh, sort of, because they get Kevin Gosman from the Giants on a five-year, $110, 22000000 million year. Now, see, here's the thing, too. Like, that's only $5 million more. For the same amount of years than Robbie Ray, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm wondering because listen, it, when you get to into the hundred tens, hundred fifteen mark, what's five million? You know, like honestly. So I, I wonder if they think like, listen, Robbie Ray, that was his uh, outlier year. That ain't happening again. I mean, compared to his ERA two years ago. It'd be hard to pay a man that. I mean, it's a everyone, every show that I've ever talked good about Trevor Bauer, you've always said it was a one year wonder. He's always talked about how bad he was before. So, how are you going to pay that much to him? So, Robbie Ray, go approve it. I think he's a good pitcher. I, I wouldn't want to pay him top dollar. So, I think the Blue Jays did fine here. You, you lost the guy, you saved five million, you replaced him already. Yeah, and I, I mean the analytic nerds. Uh, apparently, I mean, you look at who they've lost and who they've gained. I guess 
the combined war of Robbie Ray and and Simeon was somewhere at was like twelve or something. Because I think oh, Simeon's yeah. war itself was seven. So I guess they've still technically gotten worse because they haven't replaced the war that they lost. Right. But listen, I don't like analytics, so I really don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, and then, like you said, Marcus Stroman from the Mets to the Cubs, three years, $71 million, 23 a year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we were here when Justin Verlander got the mm-hmm. two years, $50 million. I still can't believe that that happened. Uh, Steven Matz goes from uh, Toronto to St. Louis. That was a fun little thing because uh, Cohen was very, very upset with Steven Matz and his agent, you know, tweeting out viciously, like, oh, so much for, you know, being a man of your word and things like that. Yeah, calm down, buddy. Um, But, yeah, free agency. It's all over because nobody can be signed anyway right now. What breaks my heart is the – and I know I'm not going to say these names right, so just bear with me – is the Descalfani. Descalfani. There we go. He used to be a red. I'm happy that he's having a good year. Uh, we, he never could get it together as a starting pitcher for us. He was hurt a few times, come back and hurt, and just couldn't keep it together for a full season. Glad he got some pay dirt. And even uh, Iglesias there, who used to be our closer two years out, and he blew a lot of saves for us, so I was fine letting him go. But yet he also got some green going on now. He put us a good season together for the Angels, and I think it's a great sign, re-sign for him with the Angels as well. The Angels are very close. The Angels are very close. And they, were, they were in on Scherzer as well. You know, that's that was the thing. The the Mets didn't beat out the Dodgers to re-sign. They beat out the Angels to sign mm-hmm. him. So they, they know that they need pitching. Uh, we said it before that every single one of their draft picks was a pitcher. Literally, I'm not exaggerating, every single one. So I think the Angels have fix. realized that – You've got Trout and you got Otani right now. If you do not go all in now, what is the point of even having a team? So I think this this offseason, once that it comes back, I think they're going to make as much noise as they possibly can. And the big thing with Otani, too, is he's he said, like, I just want to win. So, like, does that mean, hey, if we're not winning, I'm not staying after his contract is over? So it's like, yeah. We'll find out. You better keep him happy as much as you can. Yeah, to say the least. All right, Michael, do you want to get depressed? I'm already depressed, man. We didn't even talk about the Reds because they didn't do a thing. Listen, my Yankees didn't do anything either. You're not you're not alone here. But look, that says to Michael, John Calipari. Just throwing that out there. Wow. Wow. All he right, said he's going to come on the show soon. Are you here? No, I, I think I need to see that message. Yeah, I deleted it. Well, as of Wednesday, December 1st at 11.59, the players have been locked out. We are currently in a lockout of the MLB. If you go to anything involving baseball, you will not see anything. You will see just wonderful silhouettes of the players. You go look on MLB.com. You go look at, you know, even you know, even team sites aren't allowed to use it because in the collective bargaining agreement, there is an NIL license, which is obviously name, image, and likeness. So without a without an agreement, you can't use them. <laughs> so they can't show highlights. They can't use their pictures. It's it's an interesting time, 
And of course it's, you know, the, the back and forth and, you know, the, the bad thing is that it looks like it's going to be a while because they hate each other. They do not like the players don't like the owners. The owners think that the, the players are, you know, whatever. And then, you know, I didn't even think about this, but like you said, I was listening to the K show today. Wonderful program. You know, uh, and it's it's there's a third thing that people don't think about. It's the owners against the owners too, because hmm. the owners, you know, George, uh, the Steinbrenner family, who obviously owns the Yankees, the people that own hmm. the Dodgers, Steve Cohen with the Mets. Listen, I'll give you a hint here. They want things that are very very different than people that own the Royals and the and the A's and the Rays and all and all you know the smaller teams. So they want things that are very different. So it's owners and players and owners and owners. And it's uh, it's going to get ugly. And it, I don't know how long it's going to last. Obviously, none of us do until, you know, they, they come to uh, to an agreement. But, you know, just listening to stuff today, Buster Olney, you know, on, on radio was saying that he talked to a, an agent and he sent a card to his players wishing them a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, at Happy Easter. Oh, wow. And every all of that because, you know, some people don't think this is going to be over until June. Really? <laughs> like, it's oh. it's that bad. It's not – but, like, this is not a, a situation where, you know, there are, there are a couple things apart and they're just doing the lockout just because – first of all, you don't lock out just because. It's usually your last resort, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been well, a lockout since 94, 95, I want to say. In the 90s, somewhere in there. I was thinking there was 199, but who knows. What well, really irritated me. There was a player strike in the 90s as well. Okay. What really irritated me, what I've heard about all this, and I've not kept up a lot. COVID, I've basically kept my nose down watching TV, and that's about it. But sometimes I look at my phone and I do see some things. But when I seen that they met for only seven minutes – that kind of ticked me off a little bit. I was like, wow, like why even drive to wherever you're going to set up for that meeting? Like you probably wasted more time walking to the meeting than you did in that meeting. Seven minutes basically just says, you know what? We know we're different. We're not even going to try. So let's just go ahead and lock out until everyone gets like through the, the holidays basically. And then we'll, we'll, we'll pick this back up. Like, I just felt like that was a big disgrace to the fans the players, I mean, everyone. I'm not just saying the owners because I know everyone's got their own thoughts what's going on here, but sorry, I picked up a highlighter. I guess I should put that down. But, like, to, to meet for seven minutes just basically told me that they did not care right now. You? I mean, that's the thing. You look at the statement from Rob Manfred and the MLB side of things where it's, you know, we didn't feel like that the other side was, had any type of urgency, so – this was the last resort we had to lock them out, you know, so there was some sense of urgency. And then you have all the players saying, oh, look at the MLB trying to make us the bad guys. Of course, we're the mm-hmm. bad guys. It's never them and this, that. Right. And that, that's just the animosity, like I said. And and I, and I heard this from Buster Only, too. It's you look at the other – well, first of all, he said this, that in all of his years covering baseball, he's never um, seen two sides – you know, in, in baseball, dislike each other more, hmm. ever. And then the other thing too is like you look at other sports league leagues, and people always say like, "Oh yeah, the the players' association and the owners will bounce you know ideas off each other, and you know communication." This 
The MLB doesn't do that. Like I said, they hate each other. Like, that's not an exaggeration. They do not like communicating and being involved with each other. And that's the thing, too, that's weird is everybody knew this was coming. Jeff Paxton retweeted today. He made, he, he wrote an article five years ago when the old collective bargaining agreement was agreed to that this was going to happen because the players got destroyed in the in the last CBA. Like, they did awful. Like, after the CBA was signed at the last one, uh, he said that people immediately called them or, like, the players got screwed. I don't know what they were doing. So people knew that this was coming for years. And I think my thing is, like, how do you know that this is coming and never have talks during the situation? Right. I mean, because, you know, I even think from a little bit of what's backed up from just this season alone, you know, you had the – Manfred basically saying we're taking away all foreign objects, you know, mid-season, no matter what we're checking, you're we're doing this. And, of course, now which has been broken out is that they've used two different baseballs all season long. Yeah. And nobody knew anything about that. So you've got all these things that are are not being negotiated or even discussed. I'll say that word better for the situation. And, like, the players, I mean, how could you feel like your opinion matters anyways? Like, you know, you've, you've practiced all – all preseason, all spring training long as a pitcher with substance that has never been frowned upon before in MLB, even though it's an unwritten rule about what you can and get. Well, I mean, it's a written rule, but as far as using it. But now, you know, you've got these pitchers that train for that. And then you have these injuries that happen because of that. Now, I want to know if some of these other injuries, like the DeGroms and his forearms and different things going on, even our guy TJ Antone, who had to have uh, Tommy John surgery again, could this been because of a different ball that they were not training with was a little bit heavier, carried more or lighter, whichever one. Like, I mean, that's going to be something different that you're not used to with your mechanism. That's going know, here's on. the thing too, that I didn't even think about until I saw a tweet, not, not involving the different baseballs with this lockout. Players can't meet with trainers. So uh. the people that have been helping them with their rehab, you know, through the off season mm-hmm. and, the people that would help them throughout their their off their off season rehab, they can't talk to them. Right, like they literally cannot talk to them. So, how much wow. does that affect players too? Now, where you know they have to go to outside, you know, doctors and do this and that, and it's it's just a bad situation. And you know, I I, I read up on some stuff, and I basically have both sides of the story. I would like to say, Michael. There we go. So I'll read it to you. All right, so players feel with the emergence of analytics within front offices that fewer and fewer second- and third-tier players are getting paid when they finally become a free agent after six years of major league service time, which is often when a player turns 30 or very close to it. In general, players like to be paid more at younger ages because that's when they are in their prime. The system also favors keeping players in the minors for several weeks extra to slow down their major league service time. Players hate that. Additionally, they feel the the cycle – of teams rebuilding, a.k.a. tanking, is limiting payrolls. So the players, and here's the thing, too. You know, some people are scared to take sides, and it's that big fan of the players. First of all, I'll I'll, I'll stick with them over the annoying billionaire owners half the time anyway. <laughs> right. But I, I, I just feel like I agree with the stuff that they say, too. I, I was on the show, you know, weeks ago saying I hate tanking. And they want to right. get rid of it because, Michael, and I don't know 
if you read the chat when I said it, but you know, act surprised if you did. And uh, you know, okay. I'll okay. tell the audience too. Ready? So, once again, shout out Michael K. I'm gonna get him on the show one of these days. I promise you. Because I'm thinking about it, Michael. You ever see those corny videos where somebody you know posted on Twitter and they tag him, they create a hashtag like "Get Michael K. on the show." I think I'm gonna do it. I think I have to. Oh my goodness. Anyways, I, I carry talk, on. I talk about him way too much to not have him on the show. But with that being said, so Michael, you're a fan of the Reds, and you know, mm-hmm. we always get into the back and forth conversation of oh, small market teams can't compete and this, that, and third, and blah blah blah. Yeah, this so, third or fourth. I don't know why. Like that's a saying, Michael. I don't get it. Uh, carry on. Anyway, so revenue sharing. Is you know the the top teams you know their revenue gets shared with with other teams and blah blah blah, you know and sometimes this is like forty to seventy million dollars for a team, and these low market teams are just are taking it and keeping it for revenue. Like the whole point of the revenue sharing is so that they can put it back into their team, mm-hmm. and you know get some players and you know then they'll be able to keep. You know, they'll be able to compete with the big, bad, you know, big market teams, but they don't. They just they just keep the money for profit and then they don't do anything with it. And that's why I agree with it, because here's like they want to. So baseball players want a salary floor. Because I think right now the Orioles have like a. Like a 40 million dollar payroll as a as an organization, their MLB team is making 40 million dollars. Listen, bro, and and you can argue small market team with me, and I argue well. First of all, Baltimore's not a small market anyway. But there's there's players in every single sport that make more money than the Orioles payroll right now. The Pirates have like a thirty five million dollar payroll. Things like so they're not even trying. Like they are not even attempting to be good. And that's the thing that annoys me. Like, how do you, how do you go into a season, and listen? They got no problem charging their fans the exact same amount of money uh, for tickets and stuff like that. But they're going into seasons knowing they're going to lose, and they just don't sign anybody, and then they take the revenue of of the bigger teams, and then just keep it for profit. But then you got to hear like, oh, small market team this and small market team that. They're giving you money, and you're not using it in the way that it's literally proposed to be used in. And yeah, I mean that's definitely a problem. And you know, even what you was reading about the uh, developmental of the players too, I never even thought like some of these teams could be holding players back in their minor leagues. You remember Chris Bryant? Just because, well, right, because they didn't start him in the season, so they didn't have to pay him millions, and they could keep him on a minor league contract. Understand that's a system. I don't like it. I disagree with it. But at the same time, like you could hold, we'll say Chris Bryant back for two years, keep him in the prospect. Uh, development or even just your farm teams and not be good. You know, like, I mean, that's another way that you can be tanking is not just have your best players, not on the actual MLB team. You can actually still have them in your farm system. Like, so, but how do you fix that? How are you going to adjust to like, okay, when you bat a certain percentage, you have to play in the MLB, you can't play, you know, so I don't know how you can actually ever address that to make it change, but that is a situation where I could see you could still tank without tanking. Well, see, the way that they want to – because here's the thing. I think the tanking and keeping them in the minors is two different things. Like the tanking But it's also a way of tanking too, though. Oh, no, no, Because no, the is. Reds, like 
we've got three great uh, prospects right now. Uh, Lododo or something like that. I can't remember. He's a great pitcher. Uh, Hunter Green, another good pitcher. And then there's a third baseman, I think, that are all ready to make that leap. We never once brought them up, to my knowledge, last year to pitch any when we were sucking. You know, usually that's when you bring them up. Okay, they got some experience. They're on the roster, all this stuff. Like, why didn't we bring them guys on up? Like, are we trying to keep them on down? Because we're selling everything out right now, and I can't stand it. Like, the Reds were a good team. We were a piece or two away from being an even better team. And with our prospects coming up with our aces, we look like we were in a spot to move. But our front office is so jacked up, it's not even funny right now. But anyways... So I don't know, like, are we going to keep them as a prospect another year or two or and just kind of keep being bad until we can blitz it all at once? Like, I don't like that. I, I want to be relevant now. It's See, and that's the thing, too. Like, that's why I don't like tanking because baseball is a different sport than all the other ones. And the fact that you're in the minors for like three or four years. Mm-hmm. So you can – the Orioles have lost 100 games four years in a row, and they're not even close to being good. They have one good player on their team, and it's Cedric Mullins. Right. Trey Mancini is a great story. He's story. an all-right player. Good, he's an all-right player. player. Right. They have Cedric Mullins, and that's about it. And they've lost 100 games four years in a row. Oh, but and, – and that's the thing. They kind of – I mean, I have I – don't, I don't know if I've heard it as like an official thing, but the idea floated around of – you know, after a certain amount of years of losing so many games in a row, a certain draft pick gets taken out of circulation. So maybe after your fourth year of losing, you know, this many games or whatever, you, you're not allowed a top 10 pick. I, wouldn't they still be losing those games, though? Yeah, but taking, maybe. But here's the thing. If after, you know, say you lose 100 games four years in a row or whatever, and you know now you can't get a number Take one Take them out of the pick, revenue. Don't let them have that revenue instead of giving them a draft pick. Let them still well, try Michael, to get the picks. Michael, Michael. Hey, you heard a billfold. You're going to see a lot of change. But you see, here's the thing. You know who has to agree to that? The owners. And the minute you say to owners we're going to take That's away true. your money, they're going to punch you right in the throat. That's true. So it doesn't well, matter. Don't suck. You don't got to tell me I hate. But that's why they want the salary floor. Because, yeah. my, I and I've mentioned this all, all a bunch of times too, Michael, is, is the mid-level – uh, free agent. So, from the last CBA negotiation to now, a mid-tier free agent salary went from eleven point eight or eleven point two million, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. to like six point eight. So they, I mean, that's that's five million dollars that they've dropped, and the whole reason mm-hmm. is their mid-tier players are mid. For a reason, they're probably not good enough to be on your great teams, and they're not bad enough to be on your tanking teams. So, yeah. what what do they do? What what do teams do? You know, if you're tanking right now, right? Am I going to sign a mid level player? You know, four years, you know, fifty million or whatever. Or actually, yeah, no, no, that's not mid level. Four years, you know, thirty million. I'll say whatever. Mm-hmm. Am I going to sign him, or am I going to go sign somebody who I know is bad? to, you know, a two-year contract that's worth $5 million because they're not going to get that money anywhere else. I might as well sign them. And, like, here's my thing, right? How are you a professional team and your payroll is in the 30 millions? Like, at that point, at that point, you should sell your team. I mean, they're definitely – I actually – 
I have to say, I like the the floor. I, I like there being a salary floor on there because there's no reason for no team to be under a hundred million for a year easily. Michael, Michael the the Cleveland Guardians now, uh-huh. their payroll for 2022 is projected to be 29 million. Yeah, that's crazy. 29 million. When we just talked about what was it? Uh Max Scherzer getting 43? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the year, the, right? The, the Orioles, the Orioles 29 million. This yeah. this the Pirates 36. That doesn't how? And a granted, I will flat out say guys, I mean, I'm a little bit of a casual getting back into this as far as the contracts and how everything work on that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I mean, you have to tell me that you're playing a roster with like first year, two, three year players to have something that low. I mean, I don't even see how you could have a contract or a, a team with 30 million for the year. Do you? I mean, like, how's that even possible? They lose 100 games. Yeah. Because, I mean, didn't we look this year, mid season sometime, that the Dodgers were over 200 million for their. Their whole I mean, salary. Even, all right, next year the Mets. Uh, the Mets have the, the highest projected payroll right now. It's two hundred and thirty-five. Yeah, so I mean that's two hundred million dollars more. Yeah, that and now, is stupidly crazy. Here's what I'm saying: I don't expect every team to go out and spend two hundred million dollars a year on their payroll because guess what? I I still understand the small market teams. Not all of them can do that, but you right. you can't tell me that you're not that that tanking isn't bad for baseball one and second that a salary floor is bad when you have a team spending 29 million dollars on a payroll that's like you know one thing that i've always talked about with football with college football in kentucky we've always been bad for years and we're good now but like us playing against alabama as far as stars you know alabama has probably 10 to 15 five-star recruits every year just as freshmen when Kentucky hasn't had a five-star recruit in forever, which we've got one, Justin Rogers, I think, a couple years ago. So we've had one. So I'm just going to say five stars against five stars, though, as we compete. There's no way as far as a performance that we should be able to compete. Like Alabama should be so much better. So when you just take that thought and go into a team that's making $200 million, like that's how much they care about them against a team that's only going to be making – $29 million, there's no way that it should be competitive. And but. here's and here's the other thing too, right? I Like I said, I understand the small markets and they're not going to be able to spend as much. Right. But there is not a team in baseball that is such a small market and has such little money that their payroll should be $29 million. There, and, 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 and let me give you a hint, and it wouldn't happen anyway. If your payroll is going to be that low and you're that strapped for cash, sell the team. Because the, the owners, the owners, that's another thing <laughs> they complain Sorry. about that they don't have they don't have the money that that you know the players think they have or whatever. Mm-hmm. No team in MLB history has ever been sold for a loss of profit. Right. So let me tell you something. There's plenty of money to go around. Plenty. Pittsburgh Pirates right now on <clears throat> excuse me Forbes.com is worth $1.285 billion. So, I mean, they're worth a billion dollars. There's no reason that you couldn't afford 
some type of payroll in the hundred millions for the year. Correct. That's like three I mean, percent of their payroll, or three percent of their worth. Probably. Actually, this was calculated March two thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty twenty one. So in March of twenty twenty one, excuse me, their revenue was one hundred sixteen million. Their price paid was ninety two million. And Forbes wants to use my location. No. So I'm just looking through this revenue per fan. I don't know what that means. It's $15, but yeah. So your revenue is on this team alone is $100 million, 110, actually $116 million. So there's no reason. Oh, here's operating. It says it here. Oh, nice. It was $21 million that they operated on and they revenued $116 million. Player See, expense why, was forty-four million. That's why I don't feel bad for small markets sometimes. I I just don't, I don't get it. Like you you Let's can't go to the worst team. You can't tell me that your payroll shouldn't be less than thirty million dollars. Like the I salary agree. floor, the salary floor should be like sixty, because I think even a small market team can afford sixty. Who, really the, the small market team that we always look at is the Rays, is it not? Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Even if you don't want to do the Rays because they've been successful. The Here's Royals. the worst team in baseball right now, okay? As far as Forbes, so that's just strictly money is what we're going with on this. You know, I got to pop up. Is Miami Marlins. They are calculated in March 2021 to be worth $990 million. Their revenue was $96 million. <clears throat> Excuse me. Their player expense was $49 million. Says operation of uh, $55 million. Okay. Perfect. So Great. Because guess what? Their payroll is $55 million. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like They're That's still worth $25 million more mm-hmm. than, than the Guardians. Then the Guardians? Yeah, Cleveland, baby. Well, I mean, we were talking about Pittsburgh right then, so. Well, I, well, <laughs> technically the Guardians are, are the lowest. Like I said, right. their payroll is 20, 29 million, 50,000. Uh, 50, they yeah. are worth team value $1.1 billion. Their revenue was $117 million. And you said they're – According to this, their player expense was fifty three thousand, and their operating, or I'm sorry, fifty three million. Their operating income was uh, twenty million. Still, it's. I think a salary floor does wonders for baseball. Because, look, even even if you look at a salary floor right now, and you put it at sixty million, right, which mm-hmm. I don't think is a crazy number. There's one, two, three. Wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five teams under it. And Miami Marlins is one of them. They're only $5 million under it. That's nothing. And the other team under it is the Mariners, which is – and they're at 50, so that's another $10 million they would have to spend. And then, like I said, the Pirates are at 36, the Orioles are at 29, and the Guardians are at 29, which shouldn't even be allowed anyway. So, I, I don't know. Sorry, my wife just texted me and said that she was able to taste nacho cheese Ooh. and chips. So, but she was disappointed. She said it didn't taste the same. So, glad her taste is coming back. But I yeah, I just don't. Know. 
Uh, that's one of our go-to snacks is just the Mexican cheese and dip. Oh, I understand. It's fire. It's a good time. It is. But, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I, there has to be some type of floor. And this is coming from a small market team that I think that they all should have to. Now, what's the penalty if they're not? I would take you take away their first round draft pick because that's what they want anyway. I mean, that makes sense that way. But could you do a quick contract negotiation? Oh, crap. We're 4,000 or 4 million underneath. Hey, Connie, let's give you a one year extension, $4 million. There you go. Listen, I'm sure that that would happen. But I'll tell you what, going from 30 million to 60 million, there's no way that you haven't improved your team because you're not, if you have to spend the money, like mm. you have to, you're forced to. Why would you sign bad players with, with the money? You might as well try I mean, and sign somebody that's decent. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking you're not going to take your roster that you have and just give them that extra money. More than likely, exactly. that, that extra be, money that would be stupid. You, you're going to try to get the thing. one good here's, player. Here's the thing: now that mid-level player can fit into your team, where mm-hmm. it's well, he makes too much money. Well, guess what? You have to spend the money anyway. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Don't call me stupid. Ouch. Oh, Michael, you know, I think you are. But, you know, anyway. We'll you go to the, you want to hear like what the owners want? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's hear the second part of this. Yeah. So the owners want a playoff expansion, and that obviously primarily benefits the teams because they get 100% of TV revenue in the postseason. Oh. And, <laughs> and the Yeah. And the players only get a portion of the gate money. Which is obviously much smaller. The gate money? That's what it's called, like ticket wow. sales. Right, I know. That's uh, pitiful. Like, so they, they want the playoff money. expansion. Uh, I think they also offered a 154-game season to make up for the playoff expansion. Uh, and I think they also offered like a, a DH in, all, in both leagues. We but here's the thing. The owners don't really want to change the CBA. <laughs> like I said, they killed the players. Right. Like they destroyed them in the last CBA negotiation. So, I mean, what's the point in changing it for them? But they do want the playoff expansion because, well, they're going to make more money doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want to keep – So I they the want play- to lower the season? They want – yeah, they. I think they said they'd make it 154 games instead of the 162 and then – because that would make up for the playoff expansion. I also think that the wild card game would go from a one game to a three game series, which by the way, hate it. Really? Here's the thing. I love the wild card game because it's a one game playoff. And listen, you're this is coming from a Yankee fan who just lost the last right. wild card game. So maybe if it's a series, we have a chance. But that's where you get your ratings as a as a you know uh I like the one as game a network it makes anyway. It- it makes it more like a college atmosphere. Like it's it's win or go home. Like it's actually something. It to makes play it, for. I like it. which everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you're a Cowboys fan, it's hard to love. You know what I mean? Oh, what's the score right now? I believe it's thirteen-seven. Are we winning? I don't even know. Of course, you're winning. The oh, Saints don't okay. even have a team right now, Michael. Let's go. Deal Cowboys. Rooting for injuries. Typical Cowboy fan. Unbelievable. What a bad guy. Rooting for an injury? 
So you basically were. You said I said they don't have anybody. You said let's go, and it's because you said Michael seven. Listen, guys, everybody listening right now, bad guy. You guys are winning. You Bad said 13 Michael. 7, they're winning because they have no quarterbacks. And I said, let's I go. I said, nobody. Cap. I mean, so I wasn't even listening to what you said after Listen, that. Just everybody on Colorcast, make sure you follow me, not Michael. Michael's a bad guy, clearly. Um, okay. But first of all, you're going to act like injury is a problem. Like people aren't excited. Like this, the Michael, whole purpose I, I, I can, of a defense yeah, is to have hurt right the quarterback and you celebrate. You no, do. No, 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 no. It's not to hurt the quarterbacks, it's to tackle them. This is not the Saints of old. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. They put, they're they the ones that put a, a, a bounty a gate, maybe. Yeah. So Brett Favre was getting murdered out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and bring back to baseball, I guess. I should say. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. Cowboys will find a way to lose. It's hurt. As they always do. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the owners don't want that much because, like I said, they did good in the last CBA. So I don't really blame them. I, I mean, and, you know, here's the other thing, too, and I read this right before we came on, a reason that the players aren't really in love with the playoff expansion is because that means the teams that don't deserve to be in the playoffs because, you know, they probably sold off some pieces and were probably trying, you know, to, to get a better draft. Because, listen, at some point in the season, you know you're not a good team, you start selling off players. Maybe right. now, although they sold off their players, they can still make the playoffs. Now – they still get rewarded for trying to be bad, and now they get playoff revenue money. Hmm. So the players aren't in love with that idea and either. But like I said, it's going to be a long offseason. They don't like each other. They're, we, they're, may, we may have something by April, May. It, here's my thing. And my listen, Michael, unless Rob Manfred and the – president of the Players Association listens to me, which I don't think Mm -hmm. they do, unfortunately, because I got some brilliant ideas. Um, It's it's just stupid for them. Like, I don't understand how both of them can look at each other and not understand how stupid they look. Like, you're – so you're going to tell me that a sport in baseball, which everybody always talks about, oh, is the popularity going away? Are the games too long? This, that. We have this problem. There's that problem. We just Mm -hmm. came off of a shortened season because of COVID. Uh, this you're telling me you're going to do another shortened season in the middle of all of that because you guys can't agree on what to do. I mean, really, let's just be honest. The integrity of the game of baseball is at jeopardy right now. Do you agree? I mean, it's because, uh... just think, I hate Tom Brady, and I'm throwing that out there because of the deflate gate. We have now just Which found out, do, by the way, just saying he didn't do it. But we just found out that the main person over the baseball organization had two different baseballs. Like, we put somebody in a different sport where we said, you have to set out four games because you deflated the ball. And now we have the commissioner who changes the ball. Like, Michael, here's the thing, too. Ready? I'm not even that mad about the different baseballs. If anybody knew, nobody knew. That's the, the thing. Play- nobody knew. The players didn't know. The teams didn't know. Nobody knew that there were different baseballs being used. Yeah. Like and if and here's the thing, said, too. Okay, right? we're trying these out, seeing which one does better. Or, like, you know, we have these two circulated at random. That's fine, too. But to just be 
discreet about it and just say, send them here. We'll send those there and no one will know. And then now let's just randomly tell them about it right before the lockout. It doesn't make sense. I guess that their excuse was that, you know, they had, they had baseballs left over from the previous year because, you know, not all of them were used. Not all of them were used in the COVID year. Listen, you you don't got to argue. I'm just telling you, I'm just, uh, don't shoot the messenger. Um, but and here and here's the thing too. Like I love how it came out that oh yeah, send send you know the dead balls to uh, you know Royals Royals Indians or, or this that, but send you know the ones that that will go 500 feet to Yankees mm-hmm. Red Sox and things like that. You, you just changed the entire game. I mean, like, who who says who says that with uh, with one of the dead balls or whatever you have. That the that the Yankees don't win a wild card game, or even now, just listen, like, do I think that they would? I have no, I have not a clue. But there's the hesitation. You, there's the doubt now. Like yeah, even just how do you the know? Uh, the Boston and the uh, Houston game that stellar of like home runs. Like what was it like nine runs in the first three innings for Boston? Yeah. What if those were tainted baseballs? Like that shouldn't have happened. Granted, the outcome didn't change in the whole series, but a player could have got hurt. A starting pitcher could have been wasted during that game and couldn't have played later on. I just think it's crazy. Like like even this, here's the thing. Garrett Cole's numbers down the stretch were bad. Now I attribute a lot of it to the hamstring injury, but I also attribute it to this. The Yankees were playing very, very, very important games late into the year. And some of them nationally televised. I mean, I think the Yankees played a three-game series against the Red Sox. I think every single game was nationally televised. I think it was mm-hmm. like, I think it was ESPN, Fox, and then ESPN again. So they probably sent those the the, the better baseballs to those games. Mm-hmm. So how do you know now that oh my my was my pitcher bad or did he have you know the high flying mm-hmm. baseballs that game because it was nationally televised and it was kind of important. Mm-hmm. You have Even no Bueller. idea what happened now. Bueller, who was the Cy Young candidate at the, I'd say probably, I don't know, with thirty Half days left. The season? Yeah, like I mean, almost with the end of the season, Bueller was the, probably the standalone guy there. And then he got rocked a few times on some big games. What if those balls conflicted to his performance, and it cost him a Cy Young? We don't know. But those questions now can be had because the integrity of our baseball sport is at jeopardy. It's it's a it's just a bad time. I mean, you have the classic millionaire billionaire standoff, where you know the the you know the players. Oh, you're making more money than you're than you're actually showing us, and then the owners are like, oh no, we don't have any money, you know, uh, and if. And, you know, if things are so bad for you guys, then how come you're getting, you know, $40 million contracts? And then the players come back and say, well, yeah, if you can give us a $40 million contract, then what do you mean you have no money? <laughs> it, it's it's just a back and forth of, you know, mm. he said this. Oh, yeah, well, but he said that. And it's, it's just not a bad – it's just not a good look for a sport that isn't on, you know, the level – where this can happen. Listen, if there's a lockout in the NFL, nobody cares. You want to know why nobody cares? Because they know that it's coming back because they know it's not going to affect anything because we 
eat football like it's nothing. Ratings are up like 17% this year from last year. Really? Do you yeah, think it's so because there's not a, so many games? I just wrote an article about it for, for okay. um, my journalism class. <laughs> Do you think it's because there's only 16 to 17 oh, games? Oh, absolutely. No, no, In the I think in the NFL, listen, am I more – it's like this, Michael. If you know for a fact that you're going to eat three meals a day, are you really going to savor it more than if you know that you're only going to get one a day? I mean, absolutely. Look at me. I'm, I'm fat. So. And, that's, but yeah, exactly. and that's what the NFL is. We get your favorite team or whatever. And I mean, listen, I don't even watch football just for my favorite team. I think it's the only sport where I can watch it and my favorite teams aren't playing. Yeah, basketball too, actually, I lied. Um, but your favorite team is playing one time a week. Mm-hmm. In baseball, your favorite team can go on a, on a 10-game streak in a row of playing games. So there's definitely the thing of, well, do I really have to watch this game? Or, you know, maybe I'll right. go out with my friends this night because I can just watch a game tomorrow. In the NFL, it's like, well, no, I can't leave. It's NFL Sunday. It's it's literally called NFL Sunday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, baseball I think... is not in the position to start, you know, screwing fans over. Take a, yeah. take a look in the mirror. Yeah, That's honestly. I let's... usually do, and I look fantastic. I mean, our funnest season that we've had in a long time in baseball was the shortened season. I think the COVID, the 60-game season was very enter- entertaining. It, it definitely makes things more interesting when there's less games. I mean, no matter the sport. Uh, every game if, matters if, so if, much yeah, more. Yeah, every game matters a lot more. It would be like if the NFL had a lockout and instead of 17 games, now there was only 12. Well, you better not get off to that 0-2 start. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing with, with baseball with the 60 game season. You know, there, there were some teams that got off to, you know, a poor start. And over the course of 150 or 162 games, you can recover. Right. But you, you got 60 games this year. Guess what? You can't. But I don't know, Michael. I don't know. Buckle in, people, because uh, we're here for a long, long ride with the baseball offseason. That's all I got to say. We'll have to come up with some uh, really good content for the near future because this might get a little dark for baseball. You know, Michael, might have to throw out, might have to throw out some, uh, you know, baseball trivia some of these days. You know, get some guests on. Which, by the way, we were supposed to have a guest today. Uh, yes. Some things fell through. Listen, it happens. People are busy out here. You feel? But it's going to happen, you know. We won't Michael say the names, but I will say this: the gentleman actually works with a news company as well. Uh, does some camera work and stuff from them. He said he'd been there since 8 o'clock this morning and was still there. So it's been a busy day. He's got to be the back at 4 a.m. in the morning. So I understand, man. We'll get you on soon, though. Exactly. We're going to survive. We are going to yeah. survive. Get some guests on. Have some fun, as we always do. Can well, the Michael, players do shows? I would assume. I think. I I, I mean, I would assume. I actually, why not? Well, I mean, you can't really probably say, well, I don't know. You can't say Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto, because that's using names of they're locked out right now on that. But I'm sure listen, we can say, hey, MLB we've got to. Listen, Michael, if the MLB wants to sue a little podcast like us, you know what? I'm all for it. Let's I'm go. all for it. You know what? I'm ready. I've been watching plenty of Succession on HBO. I think mm-hmm. I can do it. I could, I could be go. the CEO of a, of a company. I can do there it. You Yes. Okay. Uh, sounds great. Sounds great. 
Sounds fantastic. All right, Michael. Are you all good? I'm all good. I'm good. I think I did okay. I coughed about 25,000 times, but, you know, I was able to mute the mic. It was repulsive, Michael. I just stare at you cough. Ugh. Just kidding. I hope you're better, Michael. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You and your petri dish of a house. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I worry about you. Like I said, you, something happens to you 45 minutes for the ambulance to get there knowing you're, you know, middle of nowhere Kentucky self. Uh, literally, no lie. I went to the ER over COVID because I did the infusion where you get the antibodies and all that stuff. And I ran a temperature of 101 to 105 for 24 hours with medicine. And instead of going to my hometown ER, I actually just went to the next county over, which was a two-hour drive. Jesus and they Christ. didn't even keep me. It was quite funny. I walked through the hospital. I'm like, uh, I have COVID. Like, I need to talk to somebody. Like, oh, get outside. And then they're like, oh, so why are you here? I said, well, I had an infusion yesterday, and I ran a temperature of 105 with medicine. Not 100.5, but 105 with Tylenol and everything. And they're like, oh, okay. So they did some IVs through me, and two hours later, later they said, you're fine. Go on. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Okay, so luckily, luckily it was at night and my wife actually stayed in a hotel to make sure I was okay because she was actually going to drive back home across the mountain two hours away because we knew that they would admit me. But no, they didn't even admit me. So that was oh, corn. Odd, what a odd, time. odd, odd. Corn, what? In Kentucky, that's all I think of. Like corn is would be Iowa. I know, but listen, Iowa, Kentucky, all you flat people, you know. Nope, nope. I live in the mountains. It's not flat here. Well, actually, listen, that's what I picture. The mountain right there is the tallest mountain in Kentucky, but, you know, it's okay. You know, listen, as long as you have a cowboy hat on, you're fine. I do not have a cowboy hat, but I do I have a cowboy That's more down south. I don't know. You're all uh, redneck. Don't you live near a farm? Didn't you say you live near a farm? Michael, there's farms everywhere. So you're a world, more farm I mean. boy than I am. Not even a little bit. Michael, you just so. have to drive 45 minutes to a hospital or two hours yeah. over to the next county. I could be at yeah. five different hospitals in 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. Okay, I live in a poverty area, okay? Leave me alone, man. <laughs> Shut up. All right, guys. I mean, we it's end. true. Some of you guys making these contracts, man. Send over some money. No, nah, you know what? Listen, I could use some too, you know? <laughs> Listen, Max, you don't need $43 million. You made enough money in your career, okay? Just give me $1 million over the lifespan of a year, and we're good. Yes, I said it that way. Lifespan of a year. Bold. Bold statement right there. All right. Well, Michael, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? <laughs> As you guys can see, the ones that are watching this live stream, uh, MDLawson00 is my Twitter handle. Also, my Instagram uh, TikTok as well. I have a show on Saturdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Count the Bucket with my co-host Nick. Uh, we will also be going through the color cast as well. And then for you guys that are watching us face-to-face right now, check us out on ColorCast. It, it's our names with USC. And you can't do the searching yet, but right now we'll just be doing a lot of the open mics until we can get our shows programmed into it and, and be going live with that as well. So Go to ColorCast as well. Download the app and look for us all on there. Everyone that's with Unwrap Sports will have the USN at the end of our name. Yes, sir. As for me, uh, Anthony Conover underscore over there on Twitter as well. Uh, Twitter. Mondays. 
Twitter. Uh, Monday's Generational Sports with me and my boy Josh talking a little bit about everything as we usually do. Uh, Tuesdays, I do the hard count with me and CJ, talk everything in the NFL world, breaking down everything. And then, of course, as you can tell, me and Michael do this Thursdays at 9 Eastern every Thursday, breaking down every the baseball Thursday. world and, uh, you know, being your therapist during this hard lockout time, people. Yes. But with that being said, you can follow me, Anthony Conover underscore on Twitter. Like I said, Gen Z Sports for the pod as well. Check us out, like Michael said, on ColorCast. If you're not following over there on ColorCast, by the way, and you're listening right now, you know, feel free to drop a follow. I'm not going to be yes, mad sir. if you drop a, little, drop a little follow on the kid. So uh, thank you, everybody, for showing out. What when do you think lockout's over? I'm going to go with May. I'm, I'm going optimistic middle of March. Okay, I'm going first of May. I'm going to go middle. I'm going to go middle of March, and hope that the NFL, NFL, Jesus, NFL? that the MLB aren't as stupid as everybody with. says. And listen, Michael, I'm way better than you. Uh, but that the MLB isn't as stupid as everybody thinks, and they fix. I this. hope not. They go middle of March. That. Middle of March, they have a, an expressed two-week uh, or two to three-week now dead period where they middle. no two-week period mm-hmm. of free agency, and then they're gonna have to uh, push back the season a little bit too, which is the bad part. Uh, so we'll find out. Great show, the MLB is crazy right now. Thank you, my brother. Thanks, Dev. We appreciate that. But I'm going to back up a little bit and say May is when, like, they're going to be playing games. I think it'll end Uh in April, but we'll have games in May. Well, Michael, it seems like this. Either way, what me and you just said, we're missing some games in the regular season. So let's hope it doesn't get to that point because, like I said, the only thing it does when that happens is screw the fans over. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy baseball. So (sighs) I would like to be able to go to take myself down to Yankee Stadium, you know. Spend $35 on a hot dog. Why not? But yet you guys have yeah. no money. Although I'm not mad about it. It's not actually $35, Michael. Don't worry. Listen, I can go to a Reds game, buy a ticket for $5, go down the right field line, foul pole, uh, third level, and get a $1 hot dog. Yeah, I couldn't do that if you paid me the $1. Really? Why? First of all, ticket to get in, sit all, all the way up top is probably at least 15 and um, then, no, you can get actually fifteen dollars seats. You can sit in the outfield. Like, well, like I'm talking about Yankee one. Stadium here, Michael. I know. Uh, and then, yeah, fan, man. Well, there, Michael. It's New York. It doesn't matter. It's true. And then, uh, of course, you know, there, there's a there's a bucket of chicken you can buy, right? Where you get like a free large Pepsi product or whatever. Uh-huh. That's like it. And now, don't get me wrong. It is a bucket. Still, should not be the price of twenty dollars. Gotcha. It's like a say, bucket I mean, fr- filled with fries, and then like there, I think there's like seven chicken tenders in it. Twenty bucks though. Okay. I mean, everything is outrageous at the games. Let's be honest. But uh, one time, my wife and I, before we had kids, we used to go to at least one game a year, and we'd sit behind home plate one time. I think we spent two hundred bucks on our tickets, and it was yeah. All if I wanted to sit behind home plate, I would have. It's fifteen hundred. Golly, that's crazy. That's that's not happening. Yeah, no. Unless you want somebody wants to give me a loan. Yeah. All right, Michael. You all good? I'm all good. I'm good. I am good.
All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode. Like I said, we'll be back next Thursday. So don't miss us too much as Michael. I could feel that through the screen. It's disgusting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) We will see everybody next week. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Like I said, 